Welcome to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holtzworth. Over the next hour, you'll discover how to feel better, look better, and get questions answered to bring out your own glow. Make sure to stay tuned for the whole show as there will be a Q&A at the end of today's episode. Now, here is Carolyn Holdsworth. Hey everyone, welcome to Glow and Tell. I'm Carolyn Holdsworth, so happy to have you here. We are so excited to be back with you. And today we are talking about probably one of the most important topics that is connected to making you feel glowy and bringing out that inner glow and outer glow. And it's it's fitness, it's food, it's exercise. And what we're going to be doing um, throughout the season on Glow and Tell is we're going to take this 360 approach and, you know, discover and discuss and, you know, review all of these topics that are connected to our wellness. And today, as I said, is going to be a really fun one. We've got an incredible guest and I can't wait for you to hear from him. But before we get into that, I am thrilled to introduce to you guys our executive producer of Glow and Tell, Victoria Valinsky. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, Carolyn. Hey, Vic. It's so good to have you here. Um, this show could not be possible without Victoria, and I am thrilled for her to be my partner and my right hand in making everything come to life every single week. And this is a topic that you and I have been talking about for a while now. Oh, yeah. And I just want to say you make my job easy. So thank you. I love our partnership. <laughs> I do too. The feeling is obviously mutual. And, you know, it's it's so funny because we've talked about this a lot offline and, you know, fitness is, it's more about, it's more than just about taking care of your body on the outside. It's also about what's going on on the inside, obviously, that can really bring out um, the best in us and in ways that we don't even realize. And for me, I was kind of late to the party, a late bloomer when it comes to prioritizing my fitness. I'm someone who really didn't get involved in, you know, any sort of regular exercise or paying attention to my diet until I was in my mid 30s, pushing, you know, towards 40. And wow, when I finally prioritized this, so much changed. And it, it was just such an eye opener and wish I had started sooner. That's for sure. Can you relate to that, Vic? Oh, I'm right there with you. I can totally relate. I also was an extremely late bloomer to the exercise world. It was really when I realized my metabolism was slowing down and that I couldn't eat pizza and top ramen without noticing it anymore. And I actually started running because I thought that would be the easiest route to go. I was right. wrong. It definitely was not easy. However, once I got into it, it changed my fitness journey completely. And, you know, what's interesting is I really was focusing on losing weight, right? That was my main goal. Mm -hmm. But as we all know, there are so many benefits to exercise. And Carolyn, I think you would agree that a big one is amazing skin. Like my skin felt and looked great after I got into my exercise routine. You know, you're right. And that was a happy kind of accident and bonus for me as well, because, you know, as we know, but it bears repetition, our skin is our largest organ. And, you know, the circulatory system, you know, pumping blood through our body, as we improve and increase circulation, we are igniting collagen production. When you ignite collagen production, you're firming up your skin, 
you are fighting fine lines and wrinkles. And it's not just the skin on your face. It's helping with the skin all over your body. And trust me, as we age, things get loose everywhere, no matter how much you you know, wipe on the surface of your skin. So having that inside out approach um, through fitness is so helpful. And it really, it's it's changed my life. And as I said, I wish I had started earlier. So I'd have a little bit of muscle memory that all my friends who are jocks in their teen years have because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have any of that. Yeah, right but, there uh, with you. <laughs> right? Oh, but um, someone who can relate to this is our guest today because he has not always been um, this super fit, super balanced um, human as he is now, Chase Burnett, who is the co-owner of Burnett Body, just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, is someone who has played a very important role in my life for the past five years. Chase is someone who I worked out with in group fitness for years and then did personal training with for more than two years. He is a certified personal trainer. He has done a transformation his on his on his own body in his own life. He is also, in addition to being a business person, he is a member of SAG and an actor and a model, and he's a Texan, like I am, (laughs) so that's pretty cool also. But without further ado, Chase Burnett, welcome to Glow and Tell. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. (laughs) So excited. So let's, Chase, let's just get right into it, okay? Tell me your story. Let's talk about this transformation. I've seen the pictures on Instagram. Let's just get into it. Yeah, the pictures are definitely out there. Um, so I I didn't get into fitness really until my mid-20s. I was an actor. I moved to New York City from Texas to pursue acting. And I started going to castings and kind of looking around the guys at the room who had been in New York for a little bit longer than I had. And they were jacked. Like they were super fit. And I, you know, looked down at my Whataburger belly and uh, my Dr. Pepper you know, chest. And I was like, I need to probably lose a little bit of weight. So um, I reached out to a friend of mine who was a bodybuilder at the time. and was like, all right, dude, I need the secrets. Like, what do I need to do? And he kind of gave me some details on how to change my diet. I started following just like basic workouts on Men's Health Magazine. And I probably went from like 230 to 180 over the course of a year and just like dropped a lot of, a lot of body fat. Um, to the point where my friends were like, Hey, whatever you're doing, like, I want to go to the gym with you. Cause it's absolutely working. Um, started, you know, booking some modeling jobs after that, um, was able to get an agent and, you know, do some commercial work. And then my friends were like, Hey, maybe you should do this as a, as a career. And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't know about that. Next thing I know, I'm a, you know, a certified personal trainer at one of the biggest gyms in New York city. That is incredible. How cool that when you prioritize your health, something you know that can be kind of humdrum, if you think about it, like, oh, we should be healthy. Oh, we should eat right. Oh, we should exercise. It literally created a whole new passion for you and literally created a career for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, you know, and it's become a lifestyle. It's something that I, I definitely can't live without now. You know, I'm, right. I may not be always trying to crush it in the gym, but I'm always doing something, trying to stay active. Yeah, the lifestyle thing, I finally get. It took me a long time to get there. but um, And we're going to talk today about a couple of ways that you can make this part of your lifestyle, not just to have a better body or you know to feel stronger, which are wonderful things, but also to, to work on your inner health and really you know, focus on longevity, you know, improve your energy, improve your rest, improve your recovery. And um, I know we were talking before, we've talked about this before, but 
Tell us about some times when you've done a crash diet, because we've all been there. We've all been in that moment where we need to lose five pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds for an event, for a vacation, or maybe for you, in your case, it was to get a job. So tell me how that went for you. Yeah, there's definitely times where I would, you know, I'd be the sucker and, you know, have a friend that was doing some sort of juice business. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll, def- I'll do that. And I would drop, you know, 10 pounds. And there was one time that I dropped 10 pounds for just like a, I was doing an off-Broadway show called The Reckless Season. And I was playing a soldier and I had to take my shirt off at one point. So I was like, all right, I want to be really fit for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and ended up, you know, not being in such a good place afterwards. I was really just tired, exhausted all the time, falling apart, getting injured super easily. So that's definitely one of the times where I was like, man, I wish I had a, a smarter approach to this system. Yeah. I mean, I I think so many of us can relate to this. Everybody talks about losing the weight and getting in shape, but nobody talks about how to maintain it and how to keep it off. And I swear I've probably lost the same 10 to 15 pounds, 10 to 15 times. I feel like I've been on some sort of diet or calorie restriction pretty much my whole life. And I think as Americans, we, you know, put the focus and emphasis in places where we don't, shouldn't always put it, let's say. And I wish that I had known then what I know now about maintenance. And I know that was a real kind of aha moment for you and a turning point for you as well was when you learned how to maintain things, keep it off. And that inspired this business that you have now, right? Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So I, I feel like so many of our our clients and myself, I've been there before too, have, you know, spent years trying to, like you said, lose the same 10 to 15 pounds over and over. And like, yeah, you might drop that weight, but eventually it's slowly going to come back on. Right. So what we've tried to do with, you know, with our clients at Burnett Body or what we do with our clients at Burnett Body is we focus on, sure, if your goal is weight loss, or even if your goal is to gain muscle mass, we will definitely help you with that. But we're going to do a systematic approach where we're going to work on that for you know 10 to 15 weeks. And then after that, we're going to go into a maintenance phase. And this is just going to let your body relax and kind of accept where it's at. And the odds of you being able to keep that weight loss, you know, keep, keep the weight off afterwards is going to be much higher if you incorporate a maintenance phase. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish that more people were talking about that. And today, as we go through the conversation with Chase and with Victoria, feel free to call us at any time at 1-866-472-5788. Questions for me, questions for Chase. We'd love to hear from you guys and hear what's worked for you, um, what you wish you had known. Insights are so valuable, and that's certainly how I've grown, and I've gotten stronger and healthier and more balanced in my approach to fitness and diet. So, um, you know, collaboration, accountability, the team approach—that's really what what changed it for me. Does that make yeah. sense to you? I mean, that's something we've talked about so often, Chase. For sure, uh, and uh, something just to like touch on—just accountability alone, whether that's like your personal trainer that keeps you accountable, or just your gym buddy or your spouse you know, having that accountability is huge. Like I know for me, whether that's the guys that I go train jujitsu with or my lifting buddy, like those people are, I don't want to let them down. You know what I mean? And I, I get upset with myself if I can't make it to one of those appointments that we've, we've set. And I feel like I'm letting them down and, you know, it's nice having those people to, you know, push you to work a little bit harder 
I've noticed it in our gym because we do mostly semi-private training mm -hmm. and, you know, I've seen awesome friendships be built and it's been like, Hey, you're, you're lifting this way. You know what? I'm going to try to lift that way. So it's, it's really, it's really important to have someone that's going to, you know, drive you to your goal. That is exactly what did it for me and what changed my life. It started when I was living in Toronto and I was still in my corporate career. And for the first time I decided to hire a personal trainer. And so it was the financial investment, which what it even wasn't a whole lot of money that got me to the gym. And just knowing that I was going to lose this money and then also let this person down if I wasn't there, it really like a switch was flipped for me. That was the shift. And then when I moved to Pennsylvania and opened Nurture Spa and switched careers, that's when I continued my fitness journey and the accountability buddy system oh my gosh, the floodgates opened and made some of the closest friends that I will have for the rest of my life who are my friends now. Nancy is one of them. She is somebody, and you know Nancy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she got me up to a 6 a.m. class, I mean, for years, years and years and years. And it's, it's really, it's kind of awe-inspiring and jaw-dropping what a partnership and accountability partnership can do for you because it literally shifted everything to me. And I never thought I was this super morning person. I never thought I'd be getting up at 5 a.m. and at the gym ready to go by six, but something shifted and it was the accountability and I'm truly happy with it and about it and for it. Yeah, for sure. I think if you can find that person that's going to help, you know, be your accountability partner, help you get to the gym, whether it's a 6 a.m. class or a 4.30 p.m. class, or even just a, like a quick lunch workout session. Mm -hmm. Like if you guys can attack that together, you're probably going to be a lot more successful in your fitness, you know, journey. And I don't think that you have to be some crazy like fitness buff in order to inspire somebody, you know, like my workout buddy right now, he hasn't been lifting for very long, but still just having him there, you know, has helped me immensely. And I've been lifting for, you know, 10 plus years. Yeah, I, I completely agree. What was so interesting and inspiring to me was that there were people in my group of various ages, various backgrounds, various careers, people that didn't have to be there at 6 a.m., people that, you know, had to be there at 6 a.m. because they had a traditional schedule. But, you know, all the different fitness levels were so motivating to me and it made it less intimidating. And um, yeah, and then the pandemic hit and we couldn't go to the gym and everything changed. And that shifted the accountability moment big time, which I know we're going to get into all sorts of alternative ways to find your workout and stay focused and stay on track. But man, that was a that was a bugger to say the least, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, our business had to completely go online. You know, you and I were training in person. And at that point, we had to go to Zoom workouts and we really had to adapt. And at that point, it became a lot about, you know, the programming and what you can do with minimal equipment. And um, I I learned a lot about programming just in that, um, you know, time frame. So, yeah, it was definitely an interesting time. Oh my God. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to dive into what can be done with little to no equipment and how we all got through, you know, that moment as well. But again, for anybody that wants to call in, we're going to be taking calls soon at 866-472-5788. And, you know, something that I want to um, kind of get into in terms of, in terms of diet is this notion of, we're going to play a fun little game later on as well. <laughs> this notion of calories in, 
calories out, the number of calories we should have, the amount of protein we have. I know so many of us are so focused on, you know, is it just 1,500 calories a day? And it doesn't matter what comprises those calories. And then there's this notion of nutrient-dense food where I kind of know what that means, but I also don't really understand it thoroughly. Um, what are your thoughts on that, on the whole keep it simple approach? Or or is it just the number of calories and it doesn't matter what, where they come from? Uh, no, I think it definitely matters where they come from. I mean, you want to have qual- good quality calories, right? Um, there are so many trackers out there at your disposal on online now, like any sort of app, as long as you're doing some form of tracking, if you have a goal, right? If you're going to be serious about it and you're going to say, hey, I'm going to dedicate the next 10 to 15, however long weeks that you have to hit that goal, then definitely track your calories. You know, after that, you will probably have a really good idea of, you know, what 100 grams of protein looks like in a day or mm-hmm. 150, just depending on, you know, your body weight. And yeah, the whole, the old saying of, you know, one gram per pound of body weight and protein is absolutely true. I would, I would try to maintain somewhere in there if you can. And that notion right there, I know you and I've talked about this for years now, that is a tall order for me. So that's, you know, roughly 150 grams of protein. I mean, that's a lot and it's a struggle to get that in. It's a str- and And what happens if we don't get it in? What's the repercussion? I mean, repercussion would be that you're not going to be fueling your muscles properly. So Mm -hmm. you're probably not going to be recovering as well. And you're not going to be able to hit your goal. So So it it really will impede weight loss. Definitely will impede weight loss. And when you're in a weight loss phase, you want to be making sure that you're losing body fat. You're not losing muscle mass. So we want to fuel that muscle mass as much as we can. So adding the extra protein fuels the muscle mass and helps us to lose more fat. Yes. It's okay, also so- going to satiate you too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Let's take a break right there. We've got to do a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to do a quick true or false myth buster quiz with Chase about all these hot topics that people have been writing in and asking me to ask you. So get ready. Y'all don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Glow and Tell. Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. Glow and Tell is the new provocative podcast from beauty expert, spa owner, and product junkie, Carolyn Holdsworth. The Southern-raised entrepreneur will share her unvarnished opinions on self-care and all things that are meant to glow, inside and out. Carolyn will be joined by guest experts who will go deep, and listeners will discover and discuss plenty about what they see and feel in the mirror each day. Questions and answers will wrap each podcast with no topics out of bounds. Don't miss Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now back to the show with Carolyn. Hey guys, welcome back. We are here with Chase Burnett of Burnett Body, executive producer of Victoria Valinsky. And before we get into our Mythbusters quiz, which I'm so psyched for, we have got a caller on hold from Alaska. You are up early in Alaska. You are on with Carolyn and Chase Burnett. Good morning. I'm so glad to that you took my call. Thanks for calling. What 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 so, question do you have for Chase? So, um, Chase, I am in my mid sixties, just turned sixty six. Uh, my doctor says that it's time for me to start focusing more on my bone density and my balance. And Absolutely. I do work out, but I don't really know what I should be doing for bone density and balance. Please don't tell me I need to start running because oh, I'm 66 no. years old. I've never <laughs> run, and I live in Alaska. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, happy belated birthday. And, no, I probably wouldn't encourage uh, most people to uh, start running at the, you know, the ripe age of 66 years old. Um, my suggestion, if you're looking to increase your bone density, is just going to be any form of strength training. And it needs to be, you know, needs to be some sort of weight-bearing exercises. Um, so doing things like squats, um, that could be any form of a squat, maybe like a goblet squat where you're just holding a kettlebell or a dumbbell in front of you. Or if you have the shoulder mobility and your back and knees feel fine, you could do some sort of barbell back squat. Um, there are so many great videos online now or on social media where you can find proper form and like one reference that I, I really like to use for most people is a YouTube channel called Squat University. It's got great um, references in there of how to do barbell back squat properly. So that would be one suggestion. I would also say, you know, as we get older, something that we might need to focus on a little bit is balance. So one thing you could do is start training barefoot. And I know that sounds crazy, but there's, you know, there's so much science out there today that it really talks about like how we need to strengthen our feet. So especially as you get older, you know, if you've got any sort of foot dysfunction, training barefoot and strengthening the bottoms of your feet is going to help your balance a ton. So doing things like split stance deadlifts, maybe with a dumbbell or a kettlebell or, you know, any sort of, you know, lateral movements that you can add in there is going to help as well. I would love to add to that because the barefoot workout is something that you encouraged me to do years ago, Chase, and my girlfriend Sammy and I just did that about a week or so ago in a strength workout. And it sounds, I don't know, it gave me a little anxiety, a little anxiety at first, but um, the stability that you create being barefoot, being able to grip the floor, I found to be really helpful with the balance. So I really second that. And you had also encouraged, encouraged me, and Vanessa, this may apply um, to you, to look for um, a shoe, if you don't want to go barefoot, look for a shoe that's a little bit lower and flatter. Yes. And is it, do you call it a mill? Like five mil, 14 mils. Some shoes are very tilted where your heel's kind of higher yes. than the ball of your foot. And I know for me, it's better to have a shoe that's flatter. 
and it gives me greater stability and improves my balance. Hopefully that makes sense, Vanessa. It does. I'm going to try the barefoot workouts, and as much as I hate them, I will increase the number of squats in my workout. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I hate them too. Just do it gradually, right? It doesn't have to be 100 right off the bat. Like uh, with all of our training, we have some sort of periodization in our training, meaning that, you know, each week we're either increasing the weight that we're using or we're increasing the reps. So as long as there is some sort of build in your program, you're going to be totally fine and you're going to avoid injury. Great advice. Thank you. Vanessa, thank you so much for calling from Alaska and getting up early. We appreciate the call. Thank you. Thanks, Vanessa. Bye-bye. So we have another caller. Um, we've got Kelly calling in from Oklahoma. Hey, Kelly, you're on Glow and Tell. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, okay. I just wanted to say I love what you guys said about accountability earlier. It's so mm-hmm. simple, but I'm like, oh, maybe that's what I'm missing. I need an accountability partner just to kind of strengthen me and encourage me to just be consistent. It was, it's just so simple, but just hearing it and hearing you guys talk about it, I'm like, oh, that's what I'm missing. Um, but oh, my question okay. was about being postpartum. Um, I just had my third child four months ago and I'm trying to get back into working out. Um, but I'm a little nervous about like damaging my core, um, or, or taking it too hard, not doing the correct things. Cause I know that is possible. And so I just kind of wanted to get some opinions and advice about that. No, definitely. I love that question. And, um, my biggest suggestion to most of our clients will postpartum is take it slow, right? Like you don't need to rush back into this. Um, There's oftentimes with our postpartum postpartum clients, we find that there's a lot of pelvic floor um, issues going on. So finding either a pelvic floor specialist or just focusing on simple exercises, like certain breathing techniques where you're really trying to focus on the transverse abdominis, which are those deep inner core muscles, right? Focusing on breathing techniques to really breathe and tighten and brace and just get that core strong again is going to be super huge as you start to get back into lifting heavier. Um, One exercise that I really like for most clients who are postpartum is just a simple dead bug, right? And that's just you laying on your back, um, both arms extended into the air, your feet are extended, and you can just slowly start to extend the arms and legs. opposite arm, opposite legs at the same time. And there's lots of videos you can find on YouTube, but that would be a great exercise or even just a simple glute bridge, right? Glute bridge all the way up, drive your knees into maybe like a stability ball or a yoga block, focus on breathing, squeezing your core, squeezing your pelvic floor. Um, That's going to help you a lot, Kelly. Okay, perfect. Dead bug, glute bridge. I'm definitely going to look up some YouTube videos on those and incorporate that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Kelly, thank you so much for calling. And the accountability yeah. thing, my God, it changed my life. So I'm so happy that that message is resonating. And even if it's just starting off like twice a week, it doesn't have to be daily. You know, small yeah. wins, small gains, they make all the difference. Definitely. Right. Exactly. Thank you guys so much. Thanks thank for you. the call. Chase, you love a glute bridge. I do love a glute bridge. <laughs> it's such a basic, it's like, it's like a free, you know, a free exercise that you can do. It costs you, it's like push-ups, right? The right. push-ups cost you nothing. Right. And they're, they're a full body exercise that works your core, your back, your chest, your shoulders, your arms, like push-ups okay. and glue bridges. So speaking yeah. of, so, yeah, I've done thousands of those with you, thousands, yeah. maybe, I don't know, tens of thousands. So let me ask you this. You just gave me this, you know, idea of a question the desert island concept okay we're on a desert island 
we don't have a personal trainer. We are not, we obviously don't have a gym. We don't have equipment. What are say three exercises you can do in, you know, with no equipment, a limited amount of space that will create change or at least just maintain, you know, your strength and what's going on with your body? Yeah, you could do a bodyweight squat, right? Or a bodyweight lunge, um, or even a lateral lunge. Some sort of squat lunge complex would be awesome. Push up, like we mentioned, and then some sort of ab exercise. Could be a dead bug, could be a sit-up, could be a leg raise, could be bicycle crunches. Um, doing those sort of things for reps. Um, when I say reps, I'm saying like, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100. It doesn't need to be all at once, right? Break it up, make it interesting. Do 10 of each. That's what I was just going to ask. So what's the minimum? Like if you want to get just like we're starting off slow and we want to get some results. Let's say we are going to do a push-up, a basic body weight squat, and then we're going to, yeah, do some sort of core exercise. How many sets and how many reps? Um, I would say probably like, I like 10 by 10. It's super simple. It's easy to do, right? It's easy to kind of focus on and slowly check off. So you could do 10 squats, 10 sit-ups, and 10 push-ups. Um, do that, you know, write a little list down and just take one tick off and then slowly go that way. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that the push-up is pretty much the perfect exercise. It is. I mean, it works your core. It works every so. single muscle in your body. It is hard, but there's progressions, right? right? So maybe you're not super great at a push-up right now. Start off on your knees, focus on keeping your shoulders packed, right? And you're just going to push up to your knees. When you can get that really strong, then push up to your knees, extend your legs into a push-up plank position, and then you're going to slowly lower your body down. Okay. So one more question on the push-up, and I hope we're not boring people with all this, this deep dive <laughs> into a push-up, but you know... <laughs> Do you have to get your chest to the floor or is it not uh, a push-up? I mean, is it better to have, you know, be in a plank position, not having your knees down and have your chest pretty high up or be on your knees and literally go down to the floor? I mean, I, I've heard mixed. Sure. And it's one of those questions where it's like, it depends, right? It depends on your shoulder mobility and your elbows. So if you have the mobility and the strength to bring your chest all the way to the ground, go for it, right? If that doesn't feel bad for you and you can do multiple reps that way, yes. But if right now you can only do half of a push-up, half of a push-up is better than no push-ups at all. Okay. Half a push-up it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I, seriously. Thanks for that. I appreciate that answer. And it looks like we've got another caller. Fantastic. We have Sonora calling in from Tennessee. Hey, Sonora, you're on Glow & Tell with Chase Burnett. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hi. I actually had a skincare question. Good. How are you guys? Good. I had kind of a skincare question, actually. So after workouts, I have heard not to use um, cleansing wipes. And I've had other people that say, no, they're fine if, if you're in an emergency and you want to kind of clean up before or after a workout. So I just, what is truly the best for for skin? And is there a quick and easy cleanser to use before and after a workout? Well, that, that is a great question. And thank you so much for that. Cleansing wipes are made to be used in a pinch. So, you know, my personal opinion is if it's all you've got, then definitely use a cleansing wipe. Um, the better ones are the Meissler ones. They're a little bit gentler. They're um, just a little bit healthier, quote unquote, for the skin. If you can, though, I find it's just as easy to carry a little travel size of, you know, a, a zero fragrance 
foaming gel cleanser and just wash your face quickly. Um, it takes no time in the sink in the bathroom of the gym to just quickly cleanse off that dirt, oil, sweat. Because I have worked with a lot of clients personally, and I have a lot of friends who have struggled with a lot of embedded congestion from sweat and dirt and oil and not cleansing properly after workouts. So it really can become a really persistent problem. Um, so cleansing, number one, is what you want to do. If all you've got is a wipe, do it. But I would say, hey, just pack a washcloth in your bag and a little bit of a gel cleanser and, and go for it that way. Perfect. Thank you. You are welcome. Thanks for the call. Enjoy your day. Okay. So now we're back. Let's get into this Mythbusters. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Victoria is so excited for this because the goal here, Chase, is we want the real deal. Mm -hmm. We want you to just, you know, let's just cut through all the muck and tell us, tell us, tell us it straight. So my first question is, if I have too many carbs, I'm going to gain weight. Let's talk about the carb situation. False. False. Gonna, yeah, false, right <laughs> off the bat. I love carbs. Um, and you should love carbs too. I feel like carbs get such a bad rap, but really when it comes down to it, it's just, are you eating more calories than you're burning? Um, and, you know, carbs are not the enemy. It, you, you need carbs. Carbs fuel our brain. They're going to fuel your muscles for fuel. Um, so we need to have carbohydrates in our diet, but we need to make sure that we're not abusing carbs and there's better carbs for you, right? So things that are going to be low glycemic versus high glycemic, right? Mm -hmm. um, focusing more on the low glycemic carbs, which are going to be more things like potatoes, rices, you know, things like that, that are going to be slow digesting. That's going to be a lot better for you in the long run than something that's like pop tarts or, you know, ice cream or those fast digesting sugars that usually will spike your insulin and can cause you to gain more weight. Okay. Yeah. That, that popcorn something I love that I think is kind of healthy, like a skinny pop, you know, there's not a lot of fat, there's low calories, but it's not quality. It's not a quality carb. It's not going to satiate me is what you're saying. It's not going to stick with me. Yes, exactly. You know, like, sure, you could get, we'll just say 200 calories from a bag of skinny pop, but you could also get 200 ca calories from, you know, some baked uh, diced red potatoes or, you know, something like that, or even just like a white rice that you've mixed into a stir fry something that's going to, you know, be better for you in the long run, instead of just like satisfying you in the short term. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Next, next question. Tell us what, tell us the true or false situation on this. I have to do cardio at least four to five times a week to lose any weight. Absolutely false. I mean, it kind of goes back to what we first talked about, right? It needs to be more about like, what are you putting in your body? Um, if you like to do cardio and you just want to do cardio four to five times a week, awesome. As long as your recovery practice is really good and maybe you're mixing in some sort of strength training to complement your running practice, that's fine. But running four to five times a week is not necessarily going to make you any more fit right? Mm -hmm. It needs to be, it needs to, it all comes down to diet in the end. Okay. Okay. Diet and, and building the muscle mass, like we've talked about. And um, I think that's music to a lot of people's ears that they don't need to do all the cardio. I know you don't do a lot of cardio, No intentional really, cardio. Absolutely. I mean, I get cardio kind of built into my training, right? Like I'll do jujitsu three times a week and I'm back into swinging kettlebells and things like that. So that's going to, you know, kind of automatically work my cardiovascular system but I don't necessarily go out and do a run or anything like that. Um, running for me is just, you know, it's 
kind of hard on your body. It's hard on the knees and the ankles and the joints. So if you're not, if you haven't been running for a long time, it's kind of like we told Vanessa in Alaska, right? Don't just go out there and start running. Um, there are much better ways you could do it. Like you could hop on a rowing machine, you know, or find a elliptical, something like that. Okay. Well, before we take a break, we've got one more caller here. We've got Debbie calling in from Texas. Hey, Debbie, you're on Glow and Tell with Chase Burnett. Hi, thank you. I was wondering if Chase has any advice for the senior citizens. Um, I don't want to be buff or anything like that, but I do need more strength, stamina. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I love I love walking. I mean, just like a simple walk, you know, for my older clients is super beneficial if they, especially if they can't make it to the gym or maybe look into something like a TRX system, right? Um, TRX is basically just like a, a suspension training system that you can hang on your wall. You can also hang it over a door and you could just focus on doing body weight rows or body weight chest presses, or even being able to hold onto the TRX to do squats. That's something that's been super beneficial to, you know, some of our more senior clients. Oh, for walking, would you stress uh, distance or speed? Like, would you I, walk further or would you just try to walk faster? That is a great question. And I, I like the speed goal. I think that would be fun. You know, set a short distance and say, okay, I'm going to do a mile. Maybe in the beginning, you can only do a mile for, you know, in 15 minutes. Well, then make it your goal to be able to slowly shave one minute off at a time until you're able to do that mile in 10 minutes. Oh, good. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're so Thanks. welcome. Thanks so much for calling, Debbie. I love the suggestion of walking because it's something you can do everywhere. Yeah. It's something you can do with anyone. And you, I've learned recently, actually, since I got a treadmill here at home, that you can make walking really challenging with some inclines and by engaging your glutes and your hamstrings. It can really, really change the experience. Absolutely. I mean... It, you know, and kind of like we told Debbie, like you set your set goals for yourself, right? And, and measurable goals. You don't want to say, hey, I'm going to try to, you know, run a mile or walk a mile as fast as I can, you know, right off the bat. It needs to be something you do gradually. Absolutely. Absolutely. You will get there. So we've got to take one other quick break, but please give us a call for Chase or for me at 866-472-5788. And we will be right back on Glow and Tell. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. 
Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Glow and Tell with Carolyn Holdsworth. Got a question or want to share a story with Carolyn or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. You can also send an email to Carolyn at carolyn at glowandtell.net. Now back to the show with Carolyn. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Glow and Tell. We are here with Chase Burnett. And I, I, forgive me, I should have said where we can find Chase. You can find him on Instagram at Burnett Body. Also, BurnettBody.com is the website. And Chase does online virtual training and consulting. So just because you don't live near him in Nashville, Tennessee, does not mean that you cannot work with him and benefit as I have from his wonderful knowledge, his great inspiration, and his customized workouts. So Chase, before we go, we go back into Mythbusters, there's one thing that I wanted to ask about, which I think is super important. If you could name the top three things that we as humans should stop doing <laughs> to help us reach, you know, whatever our goals are, what would those things be? Absolutely. So a couple of things that I would suggest is, you know, first start really prioritizing your sleep. That is going to be huge for recovery. You know, so many people go into the gym and they're crushing it or they're, you know, doing some sort of group fitness class or, you know, multiple days a week or Peloton, or they follow a really regimented lifting program, but their sleep is, you know, terrible. So being able to focus on your sleep, making sure that you're prioritizing that is something that's going to help you to be able to be more successful in the long run. And to add to that, I've learned that when I started exercising regularly and really, you know, exerting myself, sweating, huffing and puffing that level of exercise, my sleep improved a lot. Yeah, for sure. You're going to sleep so much better. Um, Another thing that I would suggest is, you know, we kind of alluded to it earlier, but focusing on uh, prioritizing protein at every meal is going to be key, right? So what I tell a lot of my clients to do is build your meal around the protein. So maybe for breakfast, that's a little bit of eggs and something like a a yogurt. One yogurt that I really like, it's called Oikos Pro. You can find it in most grocery stores, but that's going to have about 20 to 23 grams of protein in one small serving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we mentioned earlier that it's kind of hard to get a lot of protein in for some people. So having something like that is going to help you hit the bottom line. And then, you know, maybe your lunch is some sort of, you know, fish or chicken or steak, whatever that is plan your meal around your next protein meal. You and I have talked a lot about getting enough protein in. And for me, getting in 150 grams a day has always been such a challenge. And, you know, some points at at some points during the day, if I am throwing all that protein in and trying to hit that calorie goal, I get really full from that meal. And, you know, it's all of a sudden seven o'clock at night and I've got 40 more grams of protein to eat and uh, some more calories to consume. What do you do at that point? At that point, um, you know, if it's that late at night and you don't want to cook anything, that's maybe where um, something like a protein shake or something could come in to help you. But Mm -hmm. trying to plan your dinners is also going to be huge. Like, you know, my wife, Kate, 
she's our nutrition coach for our business, but she's been really good about, you know, helping me make sure that I know exactly every night what we're going to have for dinner. And that kind of helps me plan out the rest of my day because, you know, I'll know, okay, hey, tonight we're going to have stir fry or taco Tuesday or, you know, simple things like that. It's fun for us to cook together um, and it keeps our nutrition simple. So okay. I would definitely try to plan it. But if you have to, something like a shake is, you know, going to be super beneficial. Post-workout doesn't have to just be a shake, right? And I think mm-hmm. everybody thinks, oh, I got to get the shake in after I work out. No. And you don't necessarily have to have that protein right after you work out. There's another myth right there too. Mm-hmm. Um, is it better for, for you to have it? Yeah. But after 30 minutes to an hour is actually going to be the window where your body is going to need the most fuel. Okay. Okay. Now, did I take the third thing away from you? Did you mention your third yes. thing? <laughs> no, you took it away from me. The okay, third let's thing, get back to that. <laughs> the third thing I would say is just um, train. Don't just exercise. And what I mean by that is have a specific goal in mind that you're trying to do, right? And it kind of goes back to our weight loss that we talked a little bit about earlier too, right? So if, if your goal is to lose 10 pounds, then train with that in mind. And you know, or if your goal is to bench 200 pounds, then you need to train like that is your goal. I think it's totally fine if you just want to exercise. If you don't have a goal in mind, yes, exercising is going to be better than doing nothing at all. But you will be more successful if you have an end date and you have a, a realistic goal that you're actually trying to hit. Awesome. That is actually a good point. And this brings us back to our true or false. So speaking of training, as a female... Will lifting heavy weights make me bulky? Oh, you're going to get so bulky, Vic. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> no, it will not make you bulky. Uh, yeah, I would. I, I tell most of my clients, uh, my female clients specifically, that I wish that was the case, right? Because I've been trying to get bulky for like 10 years. And I'm still not as bulky as I want to be. You know? No, it will not make you bulky. It's just going to make you strong and and toned if you do it correctly. So I encourage all of our female clients and anybody listening here really to just focus on strength training and you will, you'll be able to really change your appearance a lot. And I, I think that's such an important question, Victoria, because I know so many of my friends are afraid of, you know, getting big and I have not seen that happen to a single one of them. And I have a lot of strong friends lifting a lot of weight and I've lifted a fair share in my day as well. And Chase, you and I were just talking the other day about how you've put on some muscle mass and put on some weight, but your clothes still fit. Tell that story because I think that's crazy and amazing. (laughs) For sure. So I just did a 12-week period where I followed a pretty regimented program and I increased my calories, right? So that I could slowly, keyword slowly gain one pound of body weight per week, right? And instead of trying to, you know, say, yeah, bro, I'm going to bulk it up and we're going to get super jacked and gaining 10 pounds in a week, right? Where most of that was probably just water and body fat that I had gained from abusing it. I slowly did it methodically over the course of 12 weeks. Um, And now I've put myself in a maintenance phase where I'm just going to try to maintain the weight that I have gained and increase my strength. So you gained how much weight and your clothes didn't, you didn't have to buy new clothes? I did not have to buy new clothes. My waist stayed the same. Now my, I will say that my shoulders and my arms and my chest and back got bigger. So, you know, I just buy stretchier shirts. Um, But (laughs) what guy doesn't want to have, you know, more toned shoulders or arms or when it comes to female clients, like, you know, most of our clients now want to have the Judy booty, you know, you want to have a nice, like toned butt. So 
you can do that and still be able to have, you know, the same genes. It doesn't necessarily mean that your waist is going to get larger, right? It just means that, yeah, your glutes are probably going to increase in size. I think that's such a fascinating concept. And that story really has has stuck with me because I've never heard you know, of results like that. And it goes back to that notion that we can't live and die by our scale, which I know I'm completely guilty of. And you're someone who just told us that you, you gained between 10 and 15 pounds. You're still wearing the same size clothes, scale went up, but you're actually fitter, stronger and healthier. So kind of, kind of amazing, kind of a great lesson there. Yeah. And anybody can do that, you know, and Mm -hmm. anybody listening, like, you can put on muscle mass and weigh more than you weigh right now. And odds are you will probably look better than you mm-hmm. do at the weight that you're at right now, right? Muscle, yes, does weigh more than fat, but you know, more muscle mass you have, the more calories you burn at rest. And usually the leaner you are because of the more muscle mass that you have. Okay. Okay. So something I want to talk about quickly is this whole maintenance phase that that you're referencing, and I know we talked about at the top of the show, which is something that I don't hear a lot of people discussing. And that is what I, I am hearing can be the real game changer to keeping you know excess weight, excess fat off, and really keeping the body that you've worked so hard to get indefinitely, you know, for a lifetime. So for let's say someone you know is listening and they'd like to work on a maintenance program with their trainer, with their nutritionist, what are they asking for? What are they, what are they going to get? Um, more calories, less exercise? I mean, what are they in for? The exercise will most likely stay the same if they were my client. But yes, your calories are going to be increased because odds are if I'm putting you on a maintenance phase, it's probably because I've just tried to help you lose a certain weight goal, right? Mm-hmm. And in order to lose that weight goal, we had to put your body in a state of stress. So you needed to eat less calories than you were burning a day. But if we continued that for a long period of time, you're going to start to get metabolic issues. You're start going to start to get injured, you know, so in order to, or odds are you're going to, you know, mess up and start going the opposite direction. So after a weight loss phase, what we usually do with most people is we'll say, Hey, we're going to increase your calories. You're going to be able to eat a little bit more. And this just allows your body to kind of relax, um, kind of get back to the, you know, normal homeostasis and, um, yeah, it's going to allow you to have more success. And I, I know it's tough to kind of throw a number out there since we're generalizing, but about how many more calories are you going to be taking in in that probably, maintenance phase? Probably about 200 more calories, 200, you know, okay. to 300 more calories, depending on, you know, your body weight and how much you're exercising. So what we like to do with most people is we'll have a light, a moderate and a a hard day or a heavy day. So Mm -hmm. a light day, we'll just say is maybe no exercise at all. Um, And then a moderate day would be, you know, you, you did some stuff, maybe you went and you did little, little bit of lifting. And then a hard day, most people really aren't going to hit the hard day unless they're an athlete. Um, That's like, I just ran a mile in the morning or a couple miles. And then I came and I also lifted weights in the evening. So, you know, we undulate the calories depending on how active you are. Okay. Okay. So you, you said something there that just brought another question to my head, recovery. Yes. Do we need to take a day off? Because I know so many people that work out every day and I, I have been one of those persons quite a few times. Let, tell me about recovery and why we need it or how much we need and what that can look like. I think it's smart to probably take one or two days off a week um, or something else you could do 
is vary your training, right? So maybe one mm-hmm. day you're focusing on lifting weights. You're, you know, that's your weightlifting day. Maybe the next day, if you like hit training or, you know, doing something like that, maybe that next day you do some sort of hit training. Maybe you take the third day off and then just kind of repeat that, right? You go back in on Thursday, you're going to work a different muscle system. So maybe on Monday you did squats and bench press on Thursday, you're going to come in, you're going to do some sort of overhead press and deadlift and, you know, work on your pull-ups that day. And then Friday, maybe you could do more of like a distance run or another hit training. So you're still going to be able to train every day if that's what you like to do. Um, but you're going to reduce the risk of injury a lot. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I know for someone like me, exercise is such a mental outlet as well. I am a happier, calmer person. I'm a better employer. <laughs> when I work out in the morning, it definitely, it sets me for the day and I, I do yeah. like a good sweat, but I know that I'm someone that can sometimes overdo it and I don't rest enough. And so that's, that's great to hear that, you know, just shaking it up, you know, variety is the spice of the workout, I guess, and yeah. the spice of your fitness, you know, routine. Okay. Absolutely. And I mean, okay. it, myself included, like it makes me a better dad and, you know, um, if I'm not, I can't be super sore and banged up from training all the time or else I'm not going to be able to pick my kids up off the ground, you know, or I'm not going to be able to help my clients load weights all the time. So I need to be smart about how I do train myself so that I'm not constantly just like beat up. So yeah, prioritizing my recovery and prioritizing how I train is super important. So speaking of being beat up, I, um, (laughs) I was one of those people and I know a lot of people that did this that did a lot of running, did a lot of working out for years and never stretched and never um, really made that a priority. And I know we don't have a lot of time left to get into this, but tell us your thoughts on stretching yeah. post-workout. Absolutely. I, th- I think it's definitely important to you know, prioritize some sort of mobility into your training, whether that's mm-hmm. on a totally separate day. Maybe that's on the Wednesday when you're not doing any sort of exercise. Like, Take a yoga class, buy a foam roller. There's, you know, again, there's so many videos online that you can follow and learn how to foam roll your muscle tissue to loosen up, work on your ankle mobility, work on your knee mobility, you know, stretch your hamstrings, stretch your hip flexors, you know, especially if you have any sort of low back pain, um, definitely want to focus on the hip flexors and the hamstrings, but yes, you should, you should be prioritizing, you know, some sort of stretching and mobility in your training. A lot of our clients will do a basic mobility flow before they start working out each workout. And that just kind of allows them to, you know, get primed for the workout, but stay loose at the same time over time. Right, right. And percussion instruments like Theraguns, I know have saved my body as well. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Chase, I just want to say thank you again for being part of Glow and Tell today. You can learn more about what Chase does at burnettbody.com, at burnettbody on Instagram. He's just outside of Nashville. So if you're local, go see him. He is incredible. Victoria, thank you for being here today. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. And next week, we are going to Oh my gosh, it's going to be a good one. Dr. Armand Simone, double board certified plastic surgeon from Park Avenue, New York is with us. So get those questions ready. Email me, reach out. And thank you so much for listening to Glow and Tell. We are so happy to be here and we will look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Glow and Tell. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Didn't get your question in? Be sure to call in again next week. We wish you a wonderful week.